Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 24-year breast cancer survivor. I'm a certified life coach and the author of my new book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. And my name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time, 22-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker and a speaker mentor. Um, Sharon and I also happen to be uh, the co-founders of Breast Friends. And Oh, yeah, I guess I should mention I wrote a book, too, right? <laughs> Forgot that part. So, But, Sharon, before we get on with our program, I wanted, you know, something kind of cool happened the other day that, you know how sometimes something happens and it gives you one of those aha moments? Absolutely. Well, so the other day I was... I got into my smartphone to set my alarm and because I had to make sure I got up at a certain time. And as I opened up my, my clock program on my smartphone, I realized that there was uh, my stopwatch was still running. So you know how on smartphones you have to totally close out a program to make it yeah, go away? Well, the stop, apparently you have to stop a stopwatch before you close it because it will continue to run in the background. And my battery was dying constantly and I thought... <laughs> What is, what's the problem? So when I opened my, my program and I, my stopwatch popped up and it had been running for 202 hours. Whoops. And, <laughs> and no wonder your battery was dying. I know, right? But the thing that really hit me is, you know, when you, when you actually hit the stopwatch to go, you know, it doesn't just run in like seconds. It's got those, those um, seconds that are like the hundredths of a second or whatever. So it's just running, running. It's like frantic, you know, and when you're watching it on the screen, it's just frantically running. And it made me think about when I left my job at Yellow Pages, because my life there was so frantic. Where it's just like we're always go go go, and and every it's always a competition, and and it's just this franticness. And it kind of made my stomach hurt when I saw that. Yeah. And it, it just kind of con- connected to me that we kind of go through life like that sometimes. Everything is just constantly in motion, and we never take time to pause that stopwatch and just really kind of think about what's going on in our lives at the moment, assess things, reevaluate. And I guess the beautiful part about having a cancer diagnosis is it kind of makes you do that sort of whether you want to or not, right? <laughs> so. Well, there, there's definitely some some validity to that. I mean, I think uh, it's a constant battle for most of us to slow down enough to enjoy life to yeah. smell the roses as they say right yep, or, exactly. or or just to to even hear that small voice that we talk about um so yeah i think that's a very valid and good reminder to all of us <laughs> to kind of slow down and enjoy enjoy our life so yeah yep, well indeed well, with that, let's talk to uh, talk about our guests. So today we have Caesar Escobar. Caesar is a former respiratory therapist whose compassion for humanity has led him to educate and advocate for patients and consumers in the newly developing industry of hemp and marijuana. So I'm excited about this one. So welcome, Caesar. Thank you, Becky and Sharon. I. Uh... Greatly appreciate being on the show today. Well, great. Well, yeah, we're excited to have you. Yeah, so Thank you. How, did you, how did you get in 
go from respiratory therapy to the world of cannabis. That's kind of a leap. Oh boy. Well, um, <laughs> cannabis is a uh, it is a inhaled medicine in uh, in some cases. So um, the relation was uh, was there from uh, the beginning, but. What made me switch really was the uh, moral and ethical implicative that I was facing as a respiratory therapist working in the hospital. And um, there were a lot of things that uh, when I was in school, getting into respiratory therapy, taking the oath of uh, basically helping people get better, educating them, that I didn't see reflective inside of the hospital world. And there were a couple uh, things that I greatly disagreed with um, when it came to the hospital world. So I started looking at alternative medicine. Um, one of the things that has always helped me in the past was uh, cannabis. Uh, I had been struck by a car when I was younger, and I have arthritis oh, all over dear. my body. And I hadn't uh, really used opiates very much uh, ever because of my uh, constant cannabis use. So um, I started looking into the science of uh, cannabis, and uh, this was back in 2011 and 12. And I discovered uh, something called the endogenous cannabinoid system, which we'll get into later. And um, that's what brought me into this was I saw a lot of evidence pointing towards cannabis uh, resolving a lot of the things that make human beings suffer. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's an interesting topic since we have so many states now that have legalized cannabis as well as recreational uh, for medical and recreational. But, um, I, you know, I actually just saw a, an amazing um, documentary about uh, two NFL players who were using cannabis and trying to get it to be okay um, from the NFL's uh, perspective. And so it was a fascinating documentary. And again, some of the research that's going into helping people get off of op- opioids um, and, mm-hmm. and using cannabis instead. So that's why I was so excited to, to know you were on, on our radio show today. So. And, you know, I, I I met Caesar actually at an event on Saturday, and I just, I loved his energy. And, you know, you could never tell that you had arthritis all over you because, you know, it just, you look so healthy. And, Thank you. you. Know, and, I appreciate um, it. A body in motion stays in motion, for sure. Yeah, that's that, true. That's true. It's kind of like leaving a car in your garage, the rubber parts start to wear out without even being moved. That's very true. <laughs> very true. Um, yeah, very so true. So, Caesar, let me ask you, you know, there there is a lot of, of, I don't know, questions about like, what are the differences in all these things? So, you know, you hear a lot about hemp and you hear a lot about marijuana. Can you explain the difference mm-hmm. between the two? Because yeah, I just, I don't understand it. Sure. Um, and it, this may, this is a little confusing, especially in the States that now, um, so uh, we'll start with something called Farm Bill 2014. Uh, Farm Bill 2014 passed allowing farmers uh, to be able, it was an agricultural incentive, basically allowing farmers, uh, incentivizing farmers to grow stuff because the United States is kind of lacking in that department. So they included hemp. They had to make a regulation for hemp as to what that was. Unfortunately, they didn't look at the purpose of the plant because when we look at the purpose of hemp, its purpose is fiber, purpose is rope. When we look at the purpose of marijuana, its purpose is resin, uh, a drug resin which can be both intoxicating and non-intoxicating. Excuse me. 
So the government decided to say that hemp was basically anything that was under 0.3% THC. And uh, during this time in Oregon, a lot of the marijuana growers who were growing high CBD strains, when Farm Bill passed, they found themselves in a hemp category. Not that their plant was not that their plant was made for fiber, but because their plant had such a low level of THC. Oh. So the confusion lies in the federal government not accurately stating what the purpose of the plant is and more looking at its chemical structure. Okay. Uh, so less than 0.3% THC is now considered hemp, and more than 0.3% THC is considered marijuana. Um, Interesting. The problem is a lot of these companies that are creating CBD are getting industrial hemp. Uh, they're using industrial hemp, a very stocky, fibrous plant, but they need more of it to be able to get the same amount of resin that a field of high resin, uh, high CBD strain would produce. Okay. Um, the problem with that is that hemp is a bioaccumulator. So it accumulates toxins and metals from the soil. So in Oregon, we have a term called medical hemp. Uh, medical hemp is basically a, a crossbreed between uh, the two of them. It's a high CBD uh, strain, which has very, very low THC, but cannot be used for fiber or, res or, for fiber or uh, paper. It can only be used for resin. Um, and uh, Yeah, that's basically... The difference between hemp and marijuana is just a silly number of 0.3% THC, but that's not necessarily accurate. Uh, hemp is a fibrous plant. Marijuana is a resinous plant. Um, us as extractors and formulators, the more resin the plant contains, uh, the better it is because of okay, the so amount let me, of uh, essential oils. Sorry. Let me, let me clear, get a clarification from you on something. So you've got Please. hemp, you've got... You've got hemp, you've got marijuana. Um, states have legalized, some states have legalized marijuana. Is hemp legal everywhere then with this Farm Bill 2014? Did that legalize it everywhere? So because, that's the Because I know federally so it's still A lot of the states are doing what's called, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a research program, right? So like the state that I'm in right now, uh, Washington, they do hemp seed. But you're not going to find cannabidiol or at least a very high content, or any at all, in the seeds, stalks, or stems. It's just, it's not okay. going to happen. And okay. uh, this is information that I'm pulling from projectcbd.org, which is one of the references I uh, give to my patients. Okay. Uh, referrals, uh, references that I give to my patients. You're not going to pull the same uh, medicine. So that's why we focus primarily on the flower, uh, because the flower contains the highest level of CBD. Essentially. Okay. 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 And so, the fiber I, part is the stems and the, you know, all that stems stuff. Stems and the stalks and everything else. And there are companies out there, I always tell, and we'll get into this uh, with the dispensary dynamics, but I always tell people to caution when they're purchasing a hemp product to ensure that it comes from the female hemp flower, not oh. the stalks, the stems, and the seeds. Now, the seeds oil is an excellent carrier oil that has omega-3, 6, and 9, and it's great 
to infuse into tinctures and stuff like that. So uh, a combination of hemp seed oil and hemp flower oil is uh, great, in my opinion. Okay. Well, That's, this is yeah. such a complicated thing. And, and it I, is. I, we I can have a hemp marijuana conversation hour long. Yeah, for sure. For, for sure. I mean, probably, uh, yeah, I, I need to go into these stores a little bit more often as well and, and just kind of understand it. Because, again, when you're trying to, to either least ask your patients if you know they've considered this um mm-hmm. you want to have at least a certain level of education <laughs> on it yourself so that's good <laughs> yeah i mean i've got right. i got and a that's... tube of hemp lotion on my counter in my bathroom mm-hmm. and i've been looking at this thing and i wonder if i can take that across country <laughs> i don't know i don't and know i mean it's could because it's pressed from hemp seed and okay. that's where it gets confusing is there's hemp laws and there's cbd laws there's okay. marijuana laws um, and that gets very confusing for the consumer because yeah. consumers are like, well, wait a minute, can't I get CBD from hemp? Isn't this hemp have mar- marijuana? It's just, what's the, what's the THC? Oh, it doesn't have THC. So, so it gets very confusing. And then you have companies that are eliminating the THC from products through, um, a method called, uh, distillation where they can actually remove the THC so that you only have the other compounds left. Um, there's something called isolates where they, where they uh, isolate the compound in a crystalline form and then they infuse that into products. But research shows that it's better to have a combination of all cannabinoids to achieve um, uh, like what's called synergy, the entourage effect. So um, THC and CBD work better together than okay. independently isolated on their own. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that that if you know it's better to have yeah. them them both. So when you talk about medical hemp, that is high in CBD mm-hmm. and low in THC. And for our listeners who the subject is new to, it's the THC that gives you that buzz, right? I mean, am I Correct. saying that so correctly? THC is known as the psychoactive compound. So uh, THC is a partial, a- oh, uh, yes, THC, I was going to get into the science, sorry. THC is intoxicating, um, and okay. that's really dose-dependent. Um, the, uh, the name, I mean, THC is not a bad compound. Um, overdose of THC causes anxiety, paranoia, stuff like that, elevated mm-hmm. heart rate, that's when people get really uncomfortable when they go into a dispensary and they're like, Oh, can I get an edible? And it's 10 milligrams and they eat the whole thing. And they're like, it was the worst <gasps> experience of my life. Yeah. Like, you overdosed, you overdosed yeah. on THC. If you did you one can... milligram of THC, if you did half of a milligram of THC, you would actually probably feel a sense of euphoria and calm. Mm. Uh, kind of like drinking a glass of wine, right? Instead yeah, of the whole bottle. Totally. <laughs> totally. I don't like to, con- I don't like to, associate alcohol and cannabis in the same uh, category, but yes, uh, it is, it is uh, relaxing. It is um, uh, enjoying, you know, it's, it's when people smoke too much that they get uncomfortable and right. CBD can always help with those effects as well. Okay. And as far as the federal law that prohibits, um, because I know the states have, uh, have passed it and allowed it, but mm-hmm. federally, marijuana is still illegal. Is it only the THC 
that is illegal or if you had so, just CBD, would you be okay? Yet another another confusing one. So THC, yes, it's a Schedule 1. Um, I've heard both cases that CBD is a Schedule 1 and it's not a Schedule 1, and it is because it's a part of the plant, and it isn't because it's a part of hemp. Um, <laughs> so wow. uh, quite honestly, it's uh, one of those, it's as confu- confusing as the nomenclature. There uh, you go. Sativa. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it really is... Um, a uh, topic I'm not very well versed on when it comes to the um, federal regulations. I do know that Farm Bill uh, did allow for research, which meant mm-hmm. seed oil, and some states have opted to allow CBD to be a part of that process, which is okay. great. Oregon, yes. Yep. Washington, no. Um, <laughs> so, and that's where I'm at. I'm on the border of these two states. Yeah, right there on the river. Yeah, that's where I met you, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So, you know, we're actually going to go out to break in about a minute. And when we come back from that break, I would love to have you talk with us about the different kinds of ailments that um, hemp or medical hemp or whatever part of this you want to talk about. What can you use it for? You know, what kind of symptoms does it help treat, you know, when you're dealing with with cancer side effects and that sort of thing. So when we come back um, from our break, can you talk with us about those things? Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and take a short break then. And so stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. 
program, we've been talking about the different types of uh, and uses of hemp and marijuana for medical purposes with our guest, Cesar Escobar. So right before the break, we were talking um, uh, all about this uh, topic, and we wanted to talk about the kind of ailments that it can actually be used for to reduce either the pain or severity of these ailments. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the dominant compound that we're talking about when we look at hemp is going to be cannabidiol, uh, CBD. And um, according to uh, one of the places I get uh, a lot of my research from, projectcbd.org, CBD's potential as a treatment for a wide range of conditions, including arthritis, diabetes, alcoholism, MS, chronic pain, schizophrenia, PTSD, depression, antibiotic-resistant infections, epilepsy, and other neurological disorders. Um, CBD is great for neuroprotection and uh, neurogenic um, disorders like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, uh, dementia. Uh, And it also has anti-cancer properties that are being studied. Um, It would surprise you to know that the United States has several patents on these compounds um, specifically for the things that I'm talking about. You can very easily do um, United States patent on cannabis research on Google, and you will uh, it'll pop up with um, several patents that the United States has. And um, you will see in there that it talks about seizures, it talks about um, neuroprotection, um, talks about cancer, uh, and all of these things that I'm talking about are very well known. Um, they're just not very well talked about, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Caesar, let me ask part. you a question. You know, I mm-hmm. after all my chemotherapy, I developed um, neuropathy in my feet, and this happens to a lot of cancer patients. And I have numbness on the bottom of my feet, and I can't seem to do anything mm-hmm. about that. But on my left foot, my two toes in the center, on the tops of them, they were burning. And I'd go out for a walk, and I'd have to come home because my feet were burning so bad. And at night, I'd wear socks to bed because my feet were cold. But in the by morning, my left sock was off my foot because it burned. And then I started mm-hmm. using CBD lotion on those two toes. And mm-hmm. I can wear socks all night now, and I haven't oh. had my toes burn at all. And what I'm wondering, is that just a weird coincidence, or do you think it actually might have helped? Well, the body has, um, the skin has uh, receptors for these compounds on the skin. Um, so I, I know for a fact that if it was a, a good salve, that um, basically it was just working with um, the, one of the biggest systems inside of your body called the endogenous cannabinoid system and uh, bringing you back into homeostasis. So um, Okay, there's a couple yes, big words. Let's, it, let's that explain that. <laughs> uh, homeostasis balance. <laughs> Uh, bringing okay. the body back into balance. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you said, right. you said something about it being if it was a good one or a, it was expensive. So I hope so. You know. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it seems it seems to have helped, and I you know I don't know again if yeah. it was just coincidence or if it really did. But so it sounds like maybe it really did have a positive impact, and so yeah, it Absolutely. might be might be worth it for that kind of thing too. Now, if you um, stop, yeah, I using highly it? recommend um, people trying out any type of uh, uh, or good types of cannabis 
salves on uh, skin ailments, as there is a lot of uh, evidence, uh, anecdotal evidence, which shows that it's in, uh, very beneficial. Oh, I'll be there. Well, I wonder, you know, so I just had a, I just finished my fourth round of cancer and I went through radiation and the skin on my chest is still, after all these months, still kind of breaking down. And so I've put some CBD lotion on it and then I didn't have an immediate response. So I tried something else. Do you think if I keep using CBD lotion on it, that it might, might help that breakdown in my skin? Well, we'll talk about what uh, ingredients are in your CBD lotion, and okay. um, we'll see if it's uh, if it's something that is effective. If okay. not, uh, I got gotcha. you. Okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> got you cool. covered. <laughs> I got you covered. All right, girl. <laughs> cool. Sharon, you had a question about oh, the kind of the definition of overdosing, and I, I, during the break we talked yeah, briefly yeah. about that. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure because we use that that term, and to me that. To overdosing means death, you know, in the drug world and, uh, you know, things yes. like that. So I just wanted to clarify that because uh, with, with, with marijuana products, so we, you don't really overdose oh, in the same way. No. No, marijuana doesn't. Uh, no one uh, as, of to, as of today that I've, as of the, until now, or I haven't heard of anyone who's passed away from a, a cannabis overdose. Um, opiates they affect the respiratory center of the uh, brain um, and they inhibit your ability to basically breathe, which is why a lot of people die from opiate overdoses because they stop breathing. Uh, Cannabis doesn't have that effect. So you can smoke until the cows come home and the only thing you'll get is probably uh, really bad anxiety or elevated heart rate, bad munchies. Um, (laughs) You know, a lot of people feel this, uh, there's a hysterical uh, video online where it's uh, two police officers, male and female, who um, took cannabis brownies and they called the hospital telling the hospital that they were dead. They were like, we're dead. Well, I don't know what happened, but we died. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> cannabis can, THC can really send you for a loop um, yeah. if you do too much of it and you're a novice and you're unprepared. This is right. a... Uh, receptor, which um, when activated um, gets you high. I, I mean, we have to be careful. It's just like a medicine like anything else. And too much of anything can be a bad thing. No, you're not ever going to die from eating any amount of cannabis. Um, now, given if I think the LD50 was, I don't know, 9,000 milligrams per kilogram, and that was on a monkey or something like that that they did. And there's no way you can achieve that in a, <laughs> in a day without falling asleep first. So. You know, okay. <laughs> you, yeah. yeah, so there's even no the anxiety, which, you know, anxiety plays, plays with your heart a bit, doesn't it? And so they can't, it it does, can't even yes. go bad that way. Like, yeah, you, know, you maybe, can race, but not to the point but, where... But never, Race yeah. enough, huh? That's interesting. And there were studies. There were studies that had uh, talked about cannabis and its effect on the um, uh, on the heart. And uh, back in the day, there was a study about how it can increase the risk of heart attacks. But when adjusting for alcohol, age, and tobacco use, um, cannabis. It, actually, CBD has been said to be protective uh, in the heart. Oh, interesting. Um, I have, uh, oh, and all of these resources, too, that I'm 
pulling from um, are available. You can email me, and I will gladly uh, send them to you. I'll get you that email at the end of the uh, talk. And also the nonprofit that I work for has a lot of okay. the um, information online as well. Good. Okay. And we'll Great. definitely put that plug in here at the end. So want to make sure yeah. people know how to find out more about you and about, about this topic. So, yeah. so um, let's, let's shift gears just a little bit and talk about mm-hmm. the dispensary dynamics and the medical patient that might be um, wanting to go into one of the dispensaries. Okay. Um, so what can you expect? Dispensaries can be... Um, yes, sorry. Uh, dispensaries can be interesting because um, currently there are there are multiple modules out there that are offering education for bud tenders, um, but not every dispensary is on board with it because it's not required. Uh, there okay. should be a, in my opinion, a lot of these states are making a big mistake by incorporating both medical and recreational in the same building. Uh, we have mm-hmm. HIPAA compliance issues. Uh, we have um, lack of uh, knowledge and education issues where we have um, people who are recommending cannabis with no medical background or experience um, to patients who are severely ill. Uh, and like I said, again, the HIPAA information, um, all cannabis, in my opinion, whether recreational or medical, is medical. Um, if you're a recreational user and you're using it for whatever, you're still stimulating the endocannabinoid system and it's still bringing you some benefit. Uh, okay. So to me, I see that as a medical thing. Um, okay. The best thing to do is to try to find a uh, dispensary that uh, is passionate about um, the medical side of it. Here in Oregon, all the dispensaries are under the Oregon Liquor Control Commission, and uh, medical patients and recreational patients share the same building. Uh, but they do not share the same amount of milligrams. A medical mm-hmm. patient is allowed more milligrams than a mm-hmm. recreational patient. Oh, okay. Uh, but we can get into how silly that is. So, for example, I go into a dispensary as a recreational patient. I'm only allowed 50 milligrams per serving, up to one pound. So, let's say that I have a one-ounce, 50-milligram serving. I can buy 16 of those. <laughs> So that's a lot of uh, milligrams for a recreational patient. You think so, yeah. By 50 milligrams per serving, but still, that's a lot. 50 milligrams will knock you out if you're a a newbie. Um, The the average starting milligrams for a novice user is one to two milligrams of THC. And I personally start people off at 5 milligrams to 10 milligrams of CBD. Um, Low and slow. Sometimes less is more. We have patients who are very, very good on sub-therapeutic doses. So um, laboratory testing, also another important thing when you walk into a dispensary, ensuring that everything is lab tested. And ask them, do you have the tests for this? so that I can see a what's called a certificate of analysis. That so what are they testing for? that's in the plant. Pardon me? I'm sorry. So what, what, when they do the testing, you probably just said it and I didn't hear you, but mm-hmm. the testing, what are they okay. actually testing for? So each state requires something different, but every state should do this. Cannabinoids, which gives you the potency. 
terpenes, which gives you the effect, and we'll get into that later, uh, maybe. And then um, pesticides, residual oh. solvents, metals. Um, all of these things should be tested for to ensure okay. that it's a high-quality product. Okay. Now, not every company is doing that. Most companies are just doing potency because if it's under 0.3% THC, well, then it's hemp and we're good to go. Okay. But the, the, the problem is that, is that this plant is a bioaccumulator, like I had mentioned before. So its ability to pull toxins from the soil uh, is very good. That's actually what it's used for in some states. Uh, hemp is used to clean dirt. Um, oh, wow. So, but then <laughs> all of that nasty chemicals goes into the flour. It's then processed and sold by your uh, quote-unquote compassionate CBD maker, um, but they don't realize that it's riddled with toxins because the state doesn't require wow. those specific tests. So, so I it's not necessarily an organic product just because it's grown. <laughs> yeah. <in a laughs> yeah, organic is actually a term that uh, the cannabis realm cannot use because it's a federal term. So um, oh, when you see organic on cannabis products, they're pulling uh-huh. your leg. <laughs> okay. I mean, they, probably, they, could be, they could be organic. Let me take that back. I misspoke. They could be organic. The products that they're putting in there could come from organic sources. It could be something that is very, very clean. But unfortunately, the federal government will not recognize it as what they call organic. I know okay. many farmers out here in Oregon who are, have the – Oregon's cannabis is cleaner than our vegetables because we right. put our cannabis through such rigorous testing for pesticides that, in my opinion – and, and even with all the testing that we do for pesticides, people are even more stringent on the pesticides that they put on it. In my opinion, this plant should never be sprayed with pesticides because if its genetics are appropriate, it won't need them. Uh, that's why it creates what it creates. Cannabinoids and terpenes created on the plant are basically the plant's immune system. And what we are doing is we are borrowing from the immune system to adapt it to our own. Interesting. Wow. Well, we knew we were getting into the science of all this. So thank you for keeping it at a layman's term because I, you know, I'd be lost. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. 
Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We've been talking about the different types and uses of hemp and marijuana for medical purposes with our guest, Cesar uh, Escobar. So, um, Becky, I think you had a question right before break. I did. And, uh, you know, Cesar, you've mentioned this a couple times throughout the show, and it's a big, giant word. And I know it has some kind of special meaning beyond what we've just talked about, but it's the endocannabinoid system. Did I say that right? Yes. Okay. You did. <laughs> what does it what does it actually mean? Because it's a it's a system. It's not just a thing, it's a system. So right. tell us what it means and and why they had to make it so hard to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> In long. <laughs> that's a really I, well I'll tell you what they uh, what they might have called it uh, as well later on um, okay. so the the endocannabinoid system is in my opinion the one of the mo- the greatest medical discoveries ever that we've ever discovered in the 90s and we talk about uh, we don't talk about very much we we should talk about it um, Uh, From the National Institute of Health, I'll read something. It says, such studies have further suggested that modulating endocannabinoid system activity may have therapeutic potential in almost all diseases affecting humans, including obesity and metabolic syndrome, diabetes and diabetic complications, neurogenerative, inflammatory, cardiovascular, liver, gastrointestinal, skin diseases, pain, psychiatric disorders, cachexia, cancer, and chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting, amongst many other things. This is the and National that, Institute of Health. NIH. Wow. Okay. That's impressive. Okay. So yeah. this is like a lock and key system inside of the body. Your body has more cannabinoid receptors than all other receptors put together. And there are a very interesting receptor called, here's another big fancy word, G-protein-coupled receptors. These receptors are involved in a lot of the actions within the body. And um, this system has basically been, uh, is, is what causes balance inside of the body. Um, there's a, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Ethan Rousseau. He's a board-certified neurologist. And he talks about the endocannabinoid deficiency. And what that means is that almost every human in the United States has a deficiency in their endocannabinoid system, which is why we see so many autoimmune disorders, which is why we see so much fibromyalgia, uh, Crohn's, cancer, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, all of these things where the body attacks itself is, can be fixed 
if we um, stimulate the endocannabinoid system. We find these receptors all throughout the central nervous system and all throughout the immune cells. You can even find cannabinoid receptors on cancer cells. So why would a cancer cell express a, a receptor that is familiar with these, phyto, uh, these chemicals found in the plants? Well, the body, ironically enough, produces what's called endogenous uh, cannabinoids, endocannabinoids. So there's two of them that are being very well studied. One of them is anandamide, and the other one is 2-AG. Both of these compounds are created within the body on demand and used on these receptors to bring the body into balance. Uh, Dr. Raphael Mashalem actually coined the word anandamide, and ananda in Sanskrit means joy and bliss. So anandamide is basically ananda, um, means it's Sanskrit for joy and bliss, because this compound, this endogenous compound, is responsible for our mood, our memory, and uh, a bunch of other things, including fighting cancer. That is absolutely fascinating. The fact that, um, uh, you know, you can have this, these, these receptors receptive, I guess, to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, to, uh, any product is fascinating. So, hmm, I think I just got sold right there. So Caesar, I have a question. Yeah. yeah, I have a question. So if, you ha- if you're a person who right now is suffering from an autoimmune system problem, like fibromyalgia, I know a lot of people that have that. Yeah. What, what should they do? Is there something they could do today to start down this path to fix this? Get, um, get their medical card. If they don't have okay. a medical card, contact their state and get one started. Um, okay. I have enough information in my Google Drive and in my library to flood any um, government institution with evidence uh, that can show the benefits of these compounds. Um, If not, there are plenty of companies that sell online CBD. Um, I am uh, trying to find a reliable one that I can count on (laughs) Um, as a The problem is it's a very lucrative market. So a lot of these companies um, can be about the money. And that's not what I'm about. Uh, There's a company going to be coming out here pretty soon, uh, the Lighthearted Farmer here in Oregon. Uh, They are an incredible company who make uh, RSO from hemp. And um, I have that available for my patients. And... um, as long as your state has a CBD law, I can ship it pretty much anywhere, uh, which okay. we can discuss uh, later on. So, That's um, amazing. Yeah, okay, well, we definitely need to get some of this stuff for our website, if nothing else. Uh, yeah, that, that's amazing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Right. And so it's, it's the CBD that these people need, not the THC, or is it still a combination? I'm just still still trying to get, so okay. all of your hemp is going to have, if your hemp is derived from 0.3% THC, so uh-huh. that's in the dry flower. So if I okay. concentrate five pounds of dry flower, your THC level is going to go up substantially, right? Okay. So with these, um, 
with this uh, with hemp, there's CBD, but there is THC, and all of the research points to needing a little bit of THC. You need that THC okay. in there just a little bit to get that uh, entourage effect. Okay, so that would be the medical hemp you're talking about, high in CBD, that low in THC. Okay, so that's what uh, these people would CBD, need. Low THC. Now, the difference between the medical and the in- and the industrial hemp is just its purpose. So the reason why I say medical hemp is because our hemp cannot be used as fiber here in Oregon, um, okay. or at least the ones that we're making medicine out of cannot be used as fiber. But okay. industrial hemp, although you can get CBD from industrial hemp, you need more of it. And more is not necessarily better because more uh, means more bioaccumulation is my fear. So okay. these huge 500-acre fields of industrial hemp that's all stalk stems and barely any flowers, cannabinoids, or terpenes is a concern to me when it's concentrated. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, medicine, uh, well, at least the Western medicine, like when you get it in pill form, you know, it seems like mm-hmm. you have a disease and you take a pill for it. And then that mm-hmm. causes something else. And then you take a pill for that. And it's like this endless kind of craziness that I don't yeah. want to even participate in. And so I'm, I'm thankful that there might be something like this that is more natural, <laughs> maybe <Yeah>. not perfect, <laughs> but, but that, that maybe will stop that craziness of yeah. taking one pill after another for things. If I may, um, you're, you're completely right on that. We adopted a, uh, a pill-popping culture uh, as of the 40s, I think, um, where we really started to focus on putting everything into pills. And you're correct. A lot of my patients are taking one pill, and then they have to take another pill to counteract the side effects of that. Yeah. I think cannabis, what, what cannabis really does is it alludes us to a completely different world of healing that we used to know, and it's plants. I mean, right. we, we, we know, we've been on the same planet as plants forever. So <laughs> True. cannabis kind of opened up the window to studies that have been done for the past, oh God, 100 years in, in Europe, and then culturally studied for 5,000 years. Essential oils <clears throat> is not new to us. We understand that lavender is calming. Lemon is um, uplifting. And the same compounds that you find in lavender, lemon, pine, hops, you find in cannabis. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, not, it's not a coincidence that some strains make you sleepy and some strains make you happy and others relax you. When you look at the certificate of analysis and you analyze all of the different essential oils that are inside of each different chemovar, or as we know it, strain, then you can actually match the strain with the pain. You can see what flower is effective for what. Like um, lavender is very good for calming people, right? Um, You wouldn't use lavender. uh, So we know what lavender is good for. You wouldn't use it for something else. You would only use it for what it's good for. So when we look at certain strains of cannabis and we analyze them, we know what they're good for, when we have a full analysis, but when you're going into a dispensary and all they have is the level of THC, that doesn't tell you anything. Right. Right. About the plant. 
you know, oh, this one puts me to sleep. This one, you know, made me really <laughs> happy. It's like, that doesn't help anyone. I want right, to see right. data. I want to yeah. see actual chemicals that are inside of the plant that tell me what it does. And these chemicals. So how do we get tr- that? How, how do we get that information? Well, you got to demand it. I have been working on this since 2012. I uh, started in the dispensary realm and was blown away that they didn't do terpene profiles. And I have been pushing for that and pushing for it. And um, in the city I was in last year, Bend, we actually got a couple uh, dispensaries to jump on board. Um, I was the manager at Jenny's dispensary for a year. And um, I didn't allow any grower to bring me his flower without terpene profiles. And I was kind of a pain in the butt about it. Um, <laughs> now we have um, other dispensaries like Cannabend um, who uh, also participate in the terpene realm. And um, that's actually a dispensary that I recommend because they're incredibly intelligent, very nice, and uh, very concerned for the uh, medical patient. Mm-hmm. 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 So well, how, do you, how do you get a medical card? Because I know um, I went uh, talked to... Uh, a gentleman one time and it it seemed a little odd the way he presented it. So I didn't go any further on that. So <laughs> tell me the state. best way. On what state you're in. <laughs> California was a little interesting, <laughs> but um, Oregon has a very good um, program. Uh, since 09, I've uh, participated in uh, MAMA's, uh, Mothers Against Misuse and Abuse in Portland. Um, unfortunately, that clinic is now closed and they're only in the Dalles. Um, Mm -hmm. I also participate with another clinic called Empower. Um, Both of these clinics have doctors. And then you go and you, so what you'll do is you'll contact your doctor for your medical records. You don't have to tell your primary care physician that you want to try marijuana. All you have to do is get your records showing that you have pain or whatever it is that qualifies you in the state. Get that medical information take it to a cannabis doctor. He'll review it, get you an appointment, um, and then you'll get your card shortly thereafter. Now, there is fees all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. That's the one big issue in Oregon where people were paying upwards of uh, $300, now upwards of $600, (gasps) depending on what you're doing. Wow. Well, you you know, let me let me just mention something real quick. You know, sometimes your doctors may surprise you because I talked with my doctor about his um, willingness to do that with me. And he said, you know me, anything that's natural that that will make things better, I'm all in favor of. But what he suggested before we go through the motions of getting that medical card was to go to a dispensary, talk with them about what I needed and find something that that worked for me. And he says, then if you find something, then apply for the medical card because you can buy it then in the future for a less price because they, you know, I guess they, they waive the taxes or something. So, right, right. so I thought that was pretty reasonable. Tax in Oregon, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So I was right. pretty, I was pretty pleased with that. And, you know, I, I kind of, I, I was very hesitant to ask him because I didn't know how he would react, mm. but he was, he's totally in favor of, like you said, anything that is natural that, that will help. He's totally in favor of that. So he sees this as a very natural thing. I'm sorry? Yeah. You're blessed to have a doctor like that. Um, I have encountered doctors who have um, said that there's no benefit to cannabis whatsoever. Uh, They've threatened taking my patients off who, actually I have several patients who are, are currently on opiates 
who are being threatened to being taken off of their opiates if they test for THC. So here we have something that is being shown to work with addiction. I mean, incredible with addiction and with opiate uh, use as well. Um, it decreases the amount of opioids. Uh, I mean, you can look at the, the evidence just pharmaceutically nationwide, the impact that cannabis has had on pharmaceuticals. Right. And um, for a doctor to take a patient off of a regiment and put them into an endangerment of withdrawal, um, sorry, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking. And yeah. uh, I, I see it too much where... Yeah. Uh, you have these old school doctors who are just stuck on not wanting to um, learn about this. I yeah. mean, yeah. the yeah. information is there. The, yeah. the advent of the endogenous cannabinoid system was in the 90s. Dr. Yeah. Raphael Mashalem presented the case against uh, seizures 40 years ago. Child yeah. seizures. And we rejected the study and turned around and made a patent out of it. You know, this is a whole nother conversation, I'm thinking. But Caesar, unfortunately, we're out, we're out of time. This, no problem. This has been fascinating. <laughs> One thing I do need to kind of go on the record and say, we are not, as an organization, Breast Friends is not saying that everybody should use this product. But we right. try to make information available so that patients can mm-hmm. make their own decisions and talk with their doctors and kind of know what's out there. So I kind of need to go on record saying that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. But and we do, I, we do I have to, to end. Saying, I'm not a doctor either. Uh, right. I'm a researcher and a provider of information. And uh, if anyone needs any, any information, feel free to contact me. Okay, and your very quickly your email address, please. We have t- like twelve seconds. M O T A V A T E D H E A L E R at gmail dot com. Healer at gmail, and the nonprofit is Canaveda, Canna Veda dot com. Okay, great. Well, we are done. So stay tuned. Next week we'll be back, and remember, until then, there's always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.